Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, and we're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into profitability, and this is going to be a very different, fresh perspective from what you'd expect to hear about under our profitability performance pillars. So I'd like to say hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host again today. I'm a tenured master business coach and growth strategist for about 20 years now. I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is a coaching practice specializing in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. And I honestly believe small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that inadvertently I ended up founding a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Now, don't worry, we'll share a little bit more about that later. But for now, it's most important that you know, like all good things that come together, I didn't do it alone. I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of our tenured experts, number one international best-selling business author, Bushan Parikh. And I am so glad that Bushan is here with us today. Hi, Bushan. Hey, how are you, Maggie? We are rocking it. And we are going to rock it, aren't we? I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay. And everyone, it's really important that you know who Bushan is because he works with all sizes of brick and mortar businesses and he guides them so they can move through their digital transformation and achieve customer centricity. I love that. And, you know, customer centricity, that's a big topic, isn't it? It's a huge topic. Right. And, One of my favorite points uh, um, and teachers on customer centricity is Gandhi. Do you know why? No, but I would, I would love to, um, I would love to hear more about it. Yeah. I I blog, um, I have several blogs about Gandhi and business in, in my um, blog on my site. And what I love is, Everybody knows Gandhi is a peace activist, but what they forget often is that he started his career as an attorney mm-hmm. and, he, and he has some great quotes. And one of them is, uh, well, I'm not, I, I don't even remember the quote exactly, but it's um, without the customer, there is no business. Your customer is your everything. And he says it much more eloquently because he's the master of words. But it's really essential that we understand the power of our customer. And believe it or not, when we start talking about today's topic, we really are talking about customers. So keep that in mind as you hear us talk about success stories that are related to people doing their plan B and activating it. Vishan, you rock. I just love this topic and it's so relevant. So thank you for taking the time to write it this year for us or this past year. Appreciate it, Maggie. Yeah. So maybe we should let everybody know what you wrote about. Think that might be a good idea? I think so. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Um, Bushan 
was kind enough to pen a chapter in volume five in our series. So let me share with you, our series is titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now, in our series, all the books have the same volume. So we usually identify authors to the color of the cover because that's the differentiator. In volume five, the one that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that Bouchon decided to go ahead and join us in our writing to help y'all was um, the turquoise cover. And it's, it's beautiful. So as we're talking today about volume five and Bouchon's chapter, which is chapter three, and it's titled Changing Continuity, your evolving plan B. Um, know that, we're, that everything we're saying today is uh, anchored in volume five. Ah, oh, Bouchon, there's so many things that I wanna say. First of all, congratulations because Becoming a number one international best-selling author, much less best-selling business author, is quite a feat. So you, you did something quite extraordinary. Thank you, Maggie. And you also know without, uh, without your encouragement, I wouldn't be here right now. So thank you for that as well. <laughs> yeah, or cracking the whip at times, right? <laughs> as publishers do. <laughs> so that's not unique. Um, your topic is so relevant it always has been, but now others finally understand how potent it can be in helping their business thrive. You're talking about plan Bs. And in your subtitle, I really love your evolving plan B, which I think is really what you continue to stress as we talk about plan Bs, um, is that this is never, it shouldn't be a never, it, it should always be a never ending process. And don't ever let up on it, right? Exactly. Okay. So in uh, episode 211 and 223, which are your first two episodes in your five-part series here, you started addressing topics um, that are a little different. Like you talk about flexible normal, you talk about changing continuity and this evolving plan and the value that it adds. We're going to crack this open a little more. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is um, for those who haven't listened to those episodes first, go back and listen to those after you're done listening to this one, because it'll make a lot more sense. Could you, Bushan, please explain a couple examples where the ideas about Plan B really helped businesses and uh, the businesses benefited from it because that's usually the success story. So bring it on. Let's hear some of these. No, absolutely. Um, we all know that uh, COVID-19 was a curveball that nobody had expected. <laughs> right. And more than the COVID-19 itself, the the impact of it on our normal, if you might, was humongous. I mean, it was, it was a seismic event for everyone. Yes. Of, out, of, our, out of, you know, everything that we considered as normal went out the window. Oh, boy. And small businesses were probably 
taking most of the heat over here because, you know, I mean, they're basic models. Somebody needs to come in and buy something from your store. Somebody needs to come and sit in your restaurant and eat. All those suddenly that entire fundamental belief went right out the window. And my getting involved with, you know, some of these discussions, uh, which when I met you, you encouraged me to pen down and pen down some of these experiences, which is what turned into this chapter, all started from a friend calling me. Mm. And he just needed a shoulder to cry on or more so like support from another friend, right? And he runs a restaurant, the restaurant serving city of Scottsdale. He serves Indo-Chinese fusion food, which is loved by a lot of people in the Valley. Okay. And his restaurant is always, you know, lunchtime is crowded for the buffet. Dinner time is crowded for people who are out to have a good dinner with their families and so on. And suddenly his restaurant was empty. Oh, well, so common. And, and, you know, the only thing that he had going for him was that his delivery business was picking up a little. Okay, that seems practical. Yeah, because people still wanted to eat good food. Now only they could not go to the restaurant. They, they were ordering it. Mm-hmm. They were delivering. And he gave me a call and, you know, he went through the tactical end of everything saying, you know, I got the rent, I got the employees to pay. I got all these things. And, you know, my runway is like about three, maybe four months. And after that, I'm going to be bankrupt. Okay. And I said, okay, so before we go into, you know, all the doom and gloom, why don't we just talk about your model and see if there is something else we can think of. So just, you know, open up a little bit of space in your mind (laughs) for the possibility that there could be more to be done here beyond what you have thought of. So he says, you know what, I'm ready to try anything. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. So we start talking and he explains how the business runs. He tells me all about his suppliers. He tells me about his customers and uh, what his model is. And I said, okay, now we know for a fact that your restaurant is not getting people in there and that is causing a biggest problem let's remember that and now let's work around it how do we get your business back on of course it took him a little bit of time to appreciate what I was doing because he was like why are you repeating everything I'm saying I'm like there is a method to my madness (laughs) I want you to understand where I'm coming from and then he started listening and I said listen Delivery business is doing well, right? Okay. How much is that of your total cash revenue that you expect to get in a monthly basis? And he says, that's about 10, maybe 15%. The other other is all foot traffic coming into the restaurant. I'm like, awesome, let's do this. What if I told you that let's go and take your food, which everyone loves in the Valley, and let's take it to the people. So he immediately uh, went back to his thinking, which was slightly negative at that point. I said, I'm already doing that. I got this delivery business. I said, yes, you have a delivery business, but that is limited to a 10 mile radius because Uber Eats or any other delivery service will not do any more than 10, 10 miles. What if you wanted to reach out to cities like Tempe, cities like Chandler, Gilbert, if you wanted to reach out to Glendale, 
because people are that's like 30 miles away people aren't going to come up never in the first place they never came up very regularly they would come up maybe on a weekend or something to try the food out right and he says yeah you're right and because he had also given me some demographic data of you know where the people are coming from for the most part so i said okay let's try this what if we call your kitchen the central kitchen in scottsdale and let's go and rent some more places in uh, tempe in chandler in gilbert yes and that being said he just looked at me like are you are you absolutely stir crazy what's wrong with you i'm running out of money here and you're <laughs> asking me to go and rent more places i'm like listen hear me out i know you're panicking but the first thing you need to do is calm down and just listen and he said okay i'm listening and i could see the sarcasm in his voice okay. which is okay he's a friend of mine and he was upset and he was about to lose everything that he had worked hard for so i said okay aren't there people in tempe or gilbert or chandler who like your food he says absolutely there's a huge population but they just find the distance bad i said great now your restaurant is not working your delivery is working what if we could take the food to them mm. it didn't quite sink in on him then i said listen all you need to do is cook the food freeze the food and send it to a much smaller much less complicated kitchen that simply defrosts the food heats it and creates delivery orders and he says okay i'm i'm tracking with you now what exactly are you thinking i said okay let's get on to facebook let's get on to any other social media advertising for those specific areas and let's start advertising that you're going to be opening up a delivery kitchen in tempe for an example and we did that and he got a lot a whole lot of positive feedback okay we created a facebook page we created facebook ads we also created some of these handout ads and it went out to people and they were all really happy and they they were giving him a lot of positive feedback so he for him it was a huge risk to go and sign another lease on a very small property it wasn't very expensive but it was still a lease mm-hmm. where he was committed to spend money but within a week his business picked up so much in tempe with the orders that he was um, he was just surprised completely <laughs> because now instead of 20% of his revenue he was at 40% ah okay. and you know this is all pre covid revenue which is what, what he wanted to fix and i said great so how about we go now that we have finished with tempe let's go to gilbert and chandler by the time we went through these cycles and it took him about two maybe two and a half months and this is all from march 2020 forward you know when everything was shut down and he he set it up all due credit to him and he did a great job of it and basically when we spoke again and this was sometime in june or july he was at 110 120% of his revenue pre covid oh wow so i just have to ask covid has settled down somewhat has he thought about shutting down those satellite locations and just going back to his one restaurant because we get in our own group think right yeah 
And uh, that was one of his first thoughts when people started coming back in to eat. And I was sitting with him that day and I was like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. How is that business that you have expanded to right now getting in the way of your sit down business? He says, it doesn't. I said, good. You can hire more people, increase the size of your kitchen. Now that, you know, 80% of your food that you're cooking in your kitchen is going to be eaten right here in the restaurant. We still have to fill in for the five other towns you got your uh, smaller kitchens in. And he's like, but you know what? The focus is over here. He was trying to explain to me how he wants to focus on specific things. That's when we got talking about plan Bs. And I was like, so what are you going to do? You're going to throw all this away. And uh, you're going to shut all the kitchens down. And you're going to go right back to being in the restaurant. And then you're going to come and call me as soon as the next pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. So what happens when the next pandemic hits? And yeah, I could see him also, his, his mind was also clicking along. He was tracking with me and he says, so what you're saying is, I said, what I'm saying is, keep it. Don't try to fix what's not broken. <laughs> well, it, but that's understandable because his, his love is his sit-in restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's his everything. And then because of the circumstances, he needed to move to the plan B actively, aggressively as well. And okay, now that threat is over, instead of seeing it as an opportunity, he still saw it as managing a threat. Exactly. And, and you, thank gosh, this is so wonderful that you were there to be able to say, hello, are you hearing what you're saying? Because sometimes we need that person to reflect what we've been saying. Right. And, you know, as I said in my chapter, there is an active plan B, there's a passive plan B. Right. right. And this is an active plan B right here. And it's a thriving plan B. Yeah. It's thriving to the point, Maggie, where he's now looking at opening restaurants in New Mexico, small kitchens. (laughs) He wants to centralize, keep one kitchen in a centralized location and pick the same model of hub and spoke in New Mexico. Very interesting. And he's picked it up. And now, now he's gotten it that, see, we, we are human beings. We like our, we like our habits. We like our, what we are familiar with. We don't like to be in unfamiliar territory. Correct. And this is what I was pushing him to do was it's okay to try something because the businesses or the people that were frozen and didn't quite think of a plan B when COVID hit, those, I think that's about 250,000 businesses that have gone away forever. Yes. They're not coming back. And small businesses are the largest employer in the United States. In the world. In the world too, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is not a small thing. So once now he's thriving at in dimensions is the way I like to put it to him. I'm like, you have the sit down dimension, you have the delivery dimension, and now you have an out of state dimension. Right. And um, he's happy is what I will tell you. Well, that is an evolving plan B. Oh, yeah. Great example of how it's evolving. And 
the the difference of what he was talking about oh i'll just go back to my sit-down restaurant versus you saying hello why would you shut down what you already have that's very successful um is staying in uh I, I wouldn't want to say a pandemic proof model but it gets him much closer to that where he'd only have to yeah, adapt I mean, things right at this point in time if you thought about it if we had to shut down again because of a uh, virus or pandemic or whatever we want to call it right he already has the framework in place and it is working and producing cash for him Mm-hmm. That move that looks away entirely away from the sit down model. That that's so, excellent. So now he can either be delivery or sit down or both, and right now he's both. That's beautiful. You you uh, sure were an asset to him, guiding him through looking at it differently, and that that's what I noticed when the pandemic and people started reaching out to me is they were so caught in their own forest, they couldn't see the trees anymore and realize what was a possibility. So um, it's, it's common and small business owners reach out to Bashan. Clearly he just demonstrated that he's a rock star in this, but I have another um, question to ask you. I know you have another great example of a business that thrived. Could we zoom in uh, and our lens in on a photography business example? Absolutely. So headshot photography is something that is done. And we all use the headshot photography for some of us require that on our resume. Some of that, some of us require it in our businesses. Some of us require it in our jobs depending on, you know, what kind of a job you have or what level you're working at in a enterprise. Correct. And I know, I know one of the people who has done headshot photography for me um, and he and I were talking and he was like, yeah, I, I was asking him like, how did it go for you when COVID first started? He says, simple answer. It went to zero. The business went to zero. And we talked quite a bit about it. And then we were talking about, you know, how do you, how do you disrupt the disruption? Right. And what he did was quite amazing, actually. This is after some brainstorming with me and uh, as a consultant with him. And he did an amazing job is what he said, you know what, Bushan, I think this is a perfect time to pay it forward. And I said, yeah, you're right. So everyone was, you know, of course, uh, people who came into the discussion a little bit later were trying to figure out is what are you going to pay forward? What does that even mean? You don't have any money. You don't have any business. I'm like, wait, 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 take it easy. Everyone just settle down. What we did, or I, I should give him credit because he drove this one, is he reached out to photo, uh, headshot photography business across the United States formed a group with an idea saying that we will pay it forward. And by that, what he meant was when we first started with COVID, our very first unemployment was people losing close to 6 million jobs. It was just mind blowing. 
the first week number was 6 million then it went to 4 million and then it went to something else and people were just losing jobs in in droves right so what he said and he also grouped up with a whole bunch of people was hey we are going to do headshots for you for free come on in and he along with another 100 odd businesses across the 50 states stepped up to do that what it turned into was they wanted to give back to the society but what also it did was it caught the eye of the local news channels and he was featured in pretty much every or every one of the 50 states with his idea of paying it forward yeah if if i remember correctly uh stacy cot who was our author in volume 1 who does headshots for a living um i think she was part of this project part if it, i recall yeah. correctly yeah Mm-hmm. And once the news media picked it up, the story is, has so much positivity in it, right? right? So much. I mean, I if I was sitting on a side, on the sidelines, and I read this story, <clears throat> I know I would do one thing for definitely in my mind I had it, was if I ever need headshot photography, this is the guy I'm going to. Right. and that's exactly what happened for his business and there it is it can be that simple but yes. it requires us to think differently right because disruption is just that your your former thinking isn't going to help you excel in a disruptive state right so so this is but that's why i said you know this is disrupting the disruption yes That's yes. exactly what was his thought process. I'm going to disrupt the disruption. And he did. And he did. Yeah. Today he is the most sought after photographer for headshots in Scottsdale. Beautiful. People come from 30 40 miles away from other towns just to go to him because they remember he did it for free. Mhm. That goes When a long people way. needed him, he was there for them. and that that goes a long ways you know when we talk about things like extreme customer centricity tell me how else can you be more focused on your customer than reaching out to your customer and touching their hearts and saying hey you are in trouble so i won't make any money but i'm going to help you with your headshots well i think it it i'm i'm going to clarify that a little more i think it is something that it touches their mind and they're like yes this is a great idea but they remember it in their hearts oh, and absolutely. that and that's the loyalty is the remembering so that was a powerful top of mind awareness um move on his part and he didn't think of it that way but that's surely what the outcome is yes. which is the dream for most businesses correct mhm So this is really cool and talking about disrupt the disruption that's like dancing with disruption isn't it Pretty much you're right you're absolutely right Okay so it's it's sort of becomes how do, dance. how do you how do you turn that disruption into a positive for yourself And that's what the dancing with disruption is So the first things first like uh, you know we have uh, spoken about in the previous episodes is you embrace the disruption mm-hmm. You make it a part of your normal your flexible normal 
you don't act surprised anymore by the disruption why because it is a part of the continuum and that's what i'm saying Con- uh, instead of continuous change i say changing continuity right so you you are embracing the disruption it is not unexpected for you now think about it in terms of these two businesses and i'll give you another example on top of it is one of the things that changed from the very grassroots levels was how do we work hmm. right i mean sitting in traffic for 45 minutes each way or an hour each way was pretty much the norm for i don't know how many millions of people across the united states and now i mean over it the way the everything shut down in this country it departments across largest of the companies had like one week to ensure that people were able to work from remote locations right they had to do the impossible they did the impossible they gave mm-hmm. that capability to the people but the next thing is which is what surprised everyone was people showed that they could be just as productive or even more productive working from home mm-hmm. and suddenly working from home did not was no longer an exception but it was starting to become an it is still and it is becoming a part of the normal mm-hmm. the flexible normal i mean i'll give you an example of a a business i was consulting with and i hope you understand that i cannot name the business without their permission so i'm not going to name him correct but they had obviously you know the business was impacted you know and they were looking at different ways of uh, re- reducing their operating costs and other things and i was talking to them about digital transformations at that point and i just happened to be in that discussion and you know they were talking about what are the different ways they could cut costs once we started talking about it i said okay i'm i'm sitting here in a this plush beautiful office and all these buildings around this office which are all housing your people who are not in the buildings right now they're sitting at home and the guy says yeah i said how many can you seat over here 5000 so okay what's your plan when this covid ends now of course remember we were not thinking that far out then but i was thinking that far out then i'm like what happens when covid goes away he says well then i'm going to tell everyone to come in i'm like i'll tell you what you do that you're probably going to lose employees and he was like why i said first things first they flex their entire lives into a whole different form to keep the company going now they are liking that flexibility that they have to be at home to work from home to be there for their families in time periods that they were never home before so if you're going to force if you're going to pass a edict that says you will have to come back to the office i have a feeling that's not going to go well and that's what is happening right now the labor market is so hot that the moment you say this is the way it's going to be you have to come back to the office people quit and go to another office go to another company that is saying no we don't want you to come to the office you got a flexible work schedule work location and right Right. and now what we did was when we started talking about it i made sure that he uh, 
asked him questions in such a way that he was building the story himself. And I said, have you lost productivity? He said, no, we haven't. Actually, we have gained it with people working from home. I'm like, okay, so does it, is it possible you could make space in your mind for the possibility that you might allow those people to stay where they are as a normal? And he says, I'm thinking about it. Tell me more. I said, okay, let's get rid of this 5,000 people office. Instead, let's go and get 1,000 people office and create a schedule by which everyone comes into work for one day. There will no longer be cubicles with flower pots and family pictures and all that. No, it'll, everything will be a tra travel desk. Come in, find the first desk you can find, plug your computer and start working. His vice presidents of operations and sales and other areas got together, brainstormed that idea and said, this is the schedule by which we will have people come in. And they came up with a very, very logical schedule of how to have matrix organization come, come in and work together across multiple organizations. And that's what he did. He took a one-time charge of breaking the, five, uh, breaking the lease on the 5,000 people facility and moved into a thousand people facility. Nobody lost their jobs. His OPEX went down by like 80% on the real estate. And now he has a thousand people office and a bunch and a huge bunch of very heavy, happy employees. Who will continue to produce at high levels because they're happy. Exactly. exactly. And a perfect example, again, we don't see it ourselves. We just don't because we're caught in our own stinking thinking instead of the thinking of possibilities. So kudos to you for helping uh, with helping others see their truth mm -hmm. and having it be a favorable impact, significant impact. You know, and, and your point is just spot on. Organizations asked their employees to adapt and still produce, and they did. And that is worth honoring them as to what's best for them. Exactly. So this, this is great. Now, we're talking about all this, and you've shared three really powerful examples, and I know you have many more, but we'll, we'll stop there because I think that that gives everyone in ideas too. There's plenty of possibilities out there for all of us. But when you're talking about being able to disrupt disruption and being able to manage that disruption that we're creating, that's all about mindset, isn't it? Absolutely. It's yeah, or it starts there, I should say. It starts there, but like I keep, I've said it a couple of times in this episode, I said, can you make space in your mind for that possibility? Right. And that's what people need to learn is there is always a plan B and there is always a, a process or a option by which you can not just survive, but thrive. You just have to find it. And that takes a little bit of time. No, and second thing is, uh, Maggie, as you, you have said it, 
running a small business takes guts. <laughs> okay, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. So people are already stressed. They have already put in a, say, a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar investment, and they are they are trying to support their families with the income from the business. So that right. cycle continues, and there's a lot of pressure with that. So many a times in that pressure, they are not able to, like you said, see the trees in the forest. They only see the forest, if you might. And a little bit of a help, just a little bit of tweaking, and they are right there. I mean, the three people that I helped, they were right on the cusp of trying, of realizing but they couldn't quite, I guess, go over the hump mm-hmm. to figure it out. So this is the power of having a guide or an expert or a confidant to go ahead and bounce ideas off of have, having the deeper conversations to explore what could be available and what may make the most sense. So um, thank you for being that expert to others. No, thank you very much. And for your listeners, just so you know, once I was done with all these experiences, I was about to just forget about it and move on to the work I was doing. And I happened to be introduced to Maggie by my business uh, partner, Kerry Hoffman. And Maggie, in a span of 30 minutes, convinced me that all those ideas that I thought, okay, put it in the backseat and let's get on with the work. She convinced me to write it down into a chapter. So thank you, Maggie. Well, uh, you're welcome. And thank you for accepting the invitation because we need to hear things like this. This is, believe it or not, fresh perspectives for businesses. And um, thanks for showing up as powerfully as we did, as you have. And we have one more episode for you in this series. So what I'd like to do is cap this one here because I know what we're going to talk about next and then we'll open it up so um, is that okay with you sounds perfect to me Maggie all right so let's wrap this puppy up and and um, call it a day for the moment listeners we're we're really thrilled that you took the time to listen to us today and you can learn more about Bouchon Perique. Start by reading chapter three in volume five, where he just drops it. He, he puts it out here. He even gives you a sequence on how to begin this process for yourself. And it's pretty powerful. I know I've read it a few times. <laughs> so that's chapter three in volume five, Changing Continuity, Your Evolving Plan B. And again, that's in the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And it's the book cover that is turquoise colored. Also, at the end of Bouchon's chapter, he has a couple of really great things. One that I don't want to overlook is a glossary because he introduces some new concepts to us in some new terms. So please check out his glossary because I believe it's the concepts that we need moving forward into this phase of the 21st century to build brilliant businesses. And then 
also at the end of this chapter, we, we have an author page and we have a business page. So you can learn more about Bushan as well as his business and what he's up to and how he may be able to assist you. There's also something really, really cool at the end of uh, the author page, at the bottom of the author page in the book, Bushan has a very special invitation. Bushan, would you like to share what that is? Yeah, um, what I would like to share with our listeners is I'm making a commitment that I will take questions and respond to those questions best of my ability within 24 hours. Okay, so if somebody has a question on all of what we've been talking about, they just reach out to you and you're, yeah. you're going to share some wisdom with them? Absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's a really cool bonus. And if you want to say, how do I do that? Well, we have a way for you to do that at the end of the book series, but there's also another way is uh, you can go to our free app and that's Brilliant Biz Book. So go to your app store and download Brilliant Biz Book. That's Brilliant B-I-Z Book. And there you can scroll through the really cool features we have, like our podcast, a community page. We have everything about all of the volumes in our series and all the authors and what they're up to and how to get a hold of them. And we even have a special feature called Ask an Expert. You can find Bushan's name there, click on it, type him a question. He'll get an email saying, hey, somebody wants to pick your brain and he'll he'll step into action. He just told you his goal is 24 hours. Yeah, be a little patient. Sometimes we take a little time out. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, Bushan will get back to you rather swiftly. And you two can have a conversation. I think that's a great bonus. Thank you, Bushan. Thank you for having me, Mike. Yeah, and you rock. You, you know, thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today, because there's plenty of golden nuggets. Um, I, I'm serious. Go back and listen to this again and listen to Bashan's other episodes because he delivers the wow. You don't even know what to say with that, do you, Bashan? No. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Maggie. Thank you for having me. Yes. yes, thank you for this. And listeners, we really appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs business podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.